Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck. We're beginning another week of Fire on the Earth, the program dedicated to the promotion of Catholic mission and evangelization. Hope you had a restful weekend, opportunity to celebrate the Lord's Day together as we make our way through the season of Lent, this penitential season of coming before the Lord, humbling ourselves, and just asking the Holy Spirit to help us see ourselves in relationship to the Lord, to see what the Lord sees, both being able to see and believe that the gaze of the Father, the loving gaze of the Father, is something this season is also meant for us to be able to see, not just to to get a look at what areas of our life that needs to change, but one of the ways we are able to see ourselves in the full light of God's grace, that is to come to the place to be honest about ourselves and be willing to do a, a searching moral inventory, like they say in the 12 steps of AA, of our lives before the Lord, is we know who the Lord is and that our Father's in our corner, that he loves us. What this season is about is not being shamed or it's not as a season of uh, we're under condemnation. And this is where the devil wants to get in there. He wants to get his foot in the door and start to, as we begin to look at our lives in light of God's revelation of scripture and to be honest with ourselves. Sometimes it's, it's difficult to do that. It can be a fearful thing. But what we need to know in order to get out of a season like this, everything the Lord intends for us is to know it's all happening under the gaze of a merciful, loving father whose holiness and purity he reveals to us. And he doesn't come to condemn us. He comes to draw us out of habit patterns of sin that harm us. All sin harms us, right? And so we shouldn't be afraid to look at it and know that he's there. He's there with, again, his tenderness, his forgiveness, his compassion, and the power of the Holy Spirit given to us through his beloved Son, who destroyed the principalities and powers, who disarmed Right, the rule and the dominion of the powers of sin and death, the devil's dominion, he brought it down. And in Christ, those who are baptized into Christ, now we walk in the grace of the children of God, being sons and daughters of God. And St. Paul, now let's talk about the freedom of the sons and daughters of God. And this season of Lent is really a time, it's hopefully challenging, hopefully we get down to the root, down to the core of what's going on inside us in freedom. But what it's about is bringing us into greater degrees of freedom as sons and daughters of God, to be able to live in the love of the Lord because he's come to take our burdens. He's come to set us free. He's come to bring us out of the habit patterns of sin that cause slavery. You know, we, we can become trapped. We can become addicted to things that are unhelpful. And the Lord wants us to bring our idols, the things that we really do have, at the center of our life, and we can see by virtue, maybe we wouldn't acknowledge it out loud or even believe that about ourselves, but where does our time, our imagination, our attention go? And what is priority in our life? And this is what, again, this season is about. And, and it's a season of becoming more like Christ. I mean, ultimately, we're called friends to be saints, each and every one of us, which is a fantastic call. There's no greater call. And that because of the grace of God, we can have hope that in this life, we can experience transformation in the difficult areas that we seem to be deeply grooved in and it's hard to get out of. But where it comes from is not just willpower, though we direct our will 
to cooperate with the grace of God, but a deep part of it is just letting go of bowing down, of expressing humility before God, acknowledging our brokenness, acknowledging to the Lord how deeply these grooves have formed in our lives and to surrender to him and to trust him. And then to say, begin to open your mind and heart to what the Lord says about you, how the Lord understands your situation, to begin to say what God says about you and what he's given to you. And then to be able to receive the promises that come from the Lord himself to those who believe. So such a wonderful time of the church year and and such an important time for us to be the people of God. The world needs the church to be the church more than any time in my lifetime. And I'm getting old. I'm in my mid-60s now. And so the world needs the church to be salt and light. And salt and light doesn't come just from our good organization, our resources. It comes from the heart. It comes from authentic uh, authentic living in the mercy of God, a people forgiven, weak and broken human beings forgiven for their sins, and they're walking in the, the love and the freedom that comes from knowing and experiencing the mercy of God. And so we're, the, this season helps align us in our priorities properly to bring the loves in our life, you know, love God first, rightly ordered love is a part of this season, to learn how to love God above all things love our neighbor as ourself. These are the critical things the Holy Spirit wants to help with each and every one of us for our own sake, for our relationships, our families, but really for the sake of the world, for the church to live in the freedom of the sons and daughters of God. One of the things I want to touch on this week is the teaching of the Lord and of the apostles preparing us for trial. Jesus was very clear about teaching the disciples about what was to come. And then really the whole story of Christianity over 2000 years is what Jesus said it would be. And that would be the deeper we enter into life in Christ, the more resistance we're going to experience from the world. And that suffering or tribulation or persecution is a normal part of the Christian life to one degree or another. We've been spared here in the United States for all our lives, you know, because the country has been a place where there was a recognition of God. The founding fathers were, many of them were men who feared God and understood that this whole democratic project couldn't succeed without human virtue. And that human virtue came from being rightly ordered to reality. And at the ground of reality is God himself. And some acknowledgement of God, that's why, you know, some of our most historic buildings, you know, have carvings of the Bible or the Ten Commandments. There was an acknowledgement of God, the reality of God, and that the fact that man can't ultimately be rightly ordered personally or even in family life and just the circles of social life all the way out to towns, cities, states, nations, unless we are as a people somehow rightly ordered to reality, which is rightly ordered to, to the reality of God and how God made us and acknowledging that in some way. And so as nations fall apart or as nations turn from God, begin to resist God, become more worldly and refuse to acknowledge God and to give God thanks, like it says in Romans 1, what ends up happening then is as leaders open the door through public discourse, 
through what's being communicated to the imagination of a culture and of a people. What kind of laws get instituted? What do those laws represent? Are they consistent with reality and the reality of God? Or are they now laws that really at their core, whether people intend it or not, these are laws that fail to recognize God, the fundamental commandments of God that help us live according to our nature. When leaders who have real live authority exercise that authority essentially against the will of God, what that does is it opens doors. It opens doors for the enemy to move more freely and so lies and deception and snares in the culture in a much broader way. And I think we've seen that very clearly, especially over the last 30, 40 years, and it seems to be intensifying. That same reality can happen in the church. You know, bishops, priests, fathers of families, in God's order, if the leadership breaks from the will of God or opens the door to lies and deception and get caught in snares, what ends up happening is the people they govern, the people they lead, the people they shepherd then becomes susceptible to more spiritual attack. So we forget easily that we live in spiritual combat. And so everybody who has responsibility, we need to be standing on the wall. We need to be standing watch and being alert to the reality of the spiritual combat. And one of those things is that one of the ways the Lord helped the apostles be ready for what they were entering into as they were going forward, even in the great joy of having experienced Pentecost, after Jesus was risen and exalted at the right hand of the Father, and Peter boldly on the day of Pentecost preached right there in Jerusalem after all they had seen and went through with such courage, and everybody's astounded by the anointing that's on them. And he said, they're so changed by the experience of having received the Holy Spirit, people thought they were drunk. So there was clear manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit, the change that was happening in their lives, and the anointing that the Lord gave them to be faithful witnesses, to stand up and to declare the truth, fundamentally that Jesus is risen. And Peter's famous line in the second chapter of Acts, somewhere around uh, verse 36, where he said to everybody, what, you know, people's hearts were, they were cut, they were cut right to the heart by the Holy Spirit as Peter was talking about the reality that Jesus was crucified according to the will of God. He was raised and now he's offering repentance. And they said, what, what shall we do? You know, what shall we do in the face of what Peter was preaching, which was, he said, what you're seeing here, friends, is that Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father. He's risen and he's Lord. All power and authority belong to him. And the conviction of God came upon them. So what shall we do? Peter said, repent, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit you will be born again. You will become a child of God. And so he said, flee, flee the wrath to come. You know, he said, turn from this crooked generation and come. And they came to baptism. And so they're winning converts. And then the reality of what Jesus said would happen shortly after all this begins to unfold, sure enough, the persecution, the tribulation, the trial, the rejection by the same people who rejected Jesus starts coming upon the apostles. And they experience it. Well, Jesus prepared them for it. So much so that we see in chapter 4 of Acts, where Peter and John, you know, were brought before the Sanhedrin. They were beaten. You know, they were told to stop talking about Jesus. And Peter just, you know, standing there respectfully, directly saying, we cannot but speak and preach. We're not going to stop preaching. Because they told him, stop talking about the resurrection 
of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter said, we can't. We're going to keep preaching. What is he doing? He's a, he's a following the footsteps of Jesus, being a faithful witness, giving testimony to the work of God and the culmination of the work of God in Jesus. And Peter's saying, not only has the crucified one risen from the dead, but now he's at the right hand of the Father and he's pouring out the Holy Spirit. So repent and come and receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. And so after they were beaten, after they were rejected, they came together with other brothers and sisters when they were released. And what they did was they prayed, they worshiped, and they celebrated. They thanked the Lord that they were rejected, that they were beaten for the sake of the name. And they didn't say, Lord, help us hide. We don't want to go through this again. Their prayer was a prayer to say, Lord, more of your Holy Spirit. Give us more opportunities, Lord. Release the power of your kingdom even more here with signs and wonders to be worked with your name. So they didn't have a problem trying to figure out, wait a minute, if God is good and God loves us and, you know, Jesus is with the father and he said he'd always be with us. Why are we getting persecuted and rejected? Why are we losing things that we own? Why why are these people treating us the way they're treating us? They didn't see it as a problem. They saw it as a grace. They saw it as a blessing. And that's something each one of us needs to know because that's the constant teaching of the church. It's not done too often, but that's what I want to talk about this week, friends, so we can walk in greater strength and peace in the midst of pushback from the culture. God bless you. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.